Washington coming to you live from out of Atlanta, Georgia. We want to welcome you back to the Promise of Our Father podcast. We want to welcome you back to the Spiritual Cuts Ministry. We want to welcome you back in the presence of God. This is the day that the Lord has made, and we're going to be glad, and we're going to rejoice in it. I pray that you continue to stay focused and stay stay, stay, stay positioned in where you're at if you're walking in the words of eternal life. Because things about to change dramatically in the earthly realm because God is doing such a wonderful thing, a new thing that people think he's just started doing. No, this thing that God is doing been going on for a while now. So I want you to know just stay tuned and stay in the place where God called you to be because God is doing the thing that he promised to do. And that's to give us eternal life. Without further ado, I want to just get right into it. I want to thank all y'all once again. This is Pastor D. Washington coming to you live from out of Atlanta, from out of Atlanta Georgia. And I want to let you know I feel good right now, but I'm a little congested. You may can hear it in my voice, but don't worry about it. I'm going to take my time even a little bit longer this time so that you can get the words out of my mouth that God says you have the words of eternal life so you can hear it clearly when it comes out. So we're going to start out of the book of Job, the book of Job. When I first saw the word Job, I said, hey, man, I know you can get a job from out of the Bible. <laughs> they said, no, dummy, that's Job, man. Ain't nobody ever, you know, I hadn't been to church too much. So J-O-B means job. I said, man, I'm going to give me a job like that dude in the Bible. Job. So we're going to look at the book of Job. It's Job. Job chapter 33. And it says in verse 23, If there is a messenger for God, a mediator, one among a thousand, to show, to show man and woman God uprightness. You hear me? Verse 24 says, Then God is gracious to the man and woman and says, Deliver my people from going down to the pit. Let me say that again. And God says to the man and the woman that he's going to be gracious to them. Deliver man and woman from going down to the grave. Let me say that again. And he says to man and woman, he says, Deliver my people from going down to death, which is the grave which is the pit, I have found the rest. His or her flesh, who's going out to do the work of the Lord, the work of God, shall be young like a child. He or she shall return to the days of their youth. So this is the promises that God has given us to have if we doing the work of the ministry to teach the words of eternal life, to stop them from going down to the pit to the grave, to death. Huh? He said, he shall pray to God. He said, she shall pray to God. And God will delight in them, and they shall see his face with joy. And God will restore to man and woman his righteousness. Uh-oh. Let me say that again. Then he says that they that delight in God, he or she that delight in God, shall see God's face with joy. And God will restore the man and the woman back to his or her righteousness. 
cheese. So the righteousness of God is going to be given to those who go out and do the ministry of the work of God. And God promised to give us the work that he promised is eternal life. So he says that I'm going to bless you as a man and I'm going to bless you as a woman because I have found one from out of a thousand to speak the words of eternal life. He said, I will restore to man and woman his righteousness, not my righteousness, not your righteousness, but his righteousness. So I want to tie to this, huh? Why we have the chance, return back to God, eternal righteousness. Return back to God. Eternal righteousness. Hate crimes in the United States and around the world has quadrupled in the past few weeks and months, especially since the attack and the war in Israel. Jews in the most uh, Jews are the most targeted with 470 hate crimes, or 78 percent of the religion total. And the eighty and a twenty-two eight or twenty-eight percent increase, followed by Muslims with an eight percent share of fifty crimes, and a sixteen percent rise. Catholic has a thirteen drop to twenty-six hate crimes, and, and those of others non-Christian faiths were up to hundred and seventeen percent to to a twenty-five percent share. Such Honduras, six share at 1% hate crimes. Jehovah Witness, six share at 1% hate crime. And Sheikh, 7% at 1% hate crime. These hate crimes percentage is according to the research by the nonpartisan Center for the Study of Hate and Extremists, the CS. H-E, the C-S-H-E in California State University, they're doing this research in San Bernardino, San Bernardino, California. What's so intriguing about these percentage and numbers, it's increasing daily right here among our own people here in the United States. And the sad thing pertaining to this is that here in here in the United States, the major or the majority of the religion groups and Christian denominations affiliations we are reconciling with, in, with, 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 which is Christian or Christianity. Let me read that again. I got a little congested up. <laughs> Here in the United States, the majority of the religion groups and church denomination affiliations, we, we, we reconcile with is Christianity. So in other words, I'm trying to say the majority of the faith-based people here in the United States is Christianity. That should indicate to us that we all serve one God, who is the creator of the heavens and the earth. But yet, the majority of these religion groups or church denomination affiliation has their own differences or different version 
on who God is. If I am not mistaken, isn't that a form of anti-Semitism in the United States? Statistics on religion, hate crimes, when in fact we all studied from one holy Bible. That we receive the same scriptures, the same commandments, the same teaching from God and his son Christ who, by the way, are our teachers and who, are, and who we are taught by, according to Matthew 23.8 and John 6.45. Anti-Semitic, since October the 7th to October 23rd, there has been a 400% anti-Semitic incidence. 400%. There's so much a hatred and religion hate crimes that are taking place right before our eyes on a daily basis, which is a form of anti-Semitism in the churches today across the United States and across the world. <coughs> Excuse me. But the only, but we only recognize it or being or bring it to the forefront is only being recognized or bring it to the forefront only when it is huh international or in other states or international or statewide or happens in our cities it's the only reason they bring up anti huh hate anti semitism that's the only reason they bring it up Statewide, when it happens in our city, but anti-Semitism in the church and in religion groups and in church denomination affiliation has been happening at least 2,000 plus years and even more than that. When Christ arrived on the scene in the early realm, in the early realm after he proceeded out of God on the onto the body of Jesus to teach what God commanded him to teach, him to speak, and him to say on eternal life. Anti-Semitism, boy, that word tearing me up, anti-Semitism got worse. Why? Because prior to him arriving on the scene to teach the words of eternal life, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes and the high priests and the prophets and the apostles and the preachers and the teachers were teaching their members that death was inevitable or it was certain to happen and unavoidable. In other words, they was teaching their members that they all had to die and tomorrow's not promised and life is too short. But when Christ arrived on the scene and started teaching on what God our Father commanded him to teach on, eternal life found in John 12, 50, that's when the anti-Semitism huh, broke out against Christ. John later explained it as, Antichrist. 
Second John 1 9 says, huh? Whoever in 2023, let me say that again. Second John says, in Second John chapter 1 verse 9 says, whoever in 2000, uh huh, in 2023 transgresses or is rebellious or failure to do your duty. By studying the word of Christ and showing yourself approval unto God and does not abide in the doctrines of Christ, does not have God. But he or she who abides in the doctrine of Christ has both the Father and the Son of God. John also explains why anti-Semitism exists today. First John huh, chapter 4, verse 6. He says, we are of God. Y'all hear what I'm saying? We are of God. He or she who knows God hear us. He or she who is not of God does not hear us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Now we clearly see why there is so much hatred in religion groups and church denomination affiliation and church and religion organizations. Huh? The root cause of religion hate crime is because of the Antichrist or those who oppose or against Christ's teaching that God sent him to teach. Look, whatever, look what else John brings to our attention from scriptures. First John, yeah. four. First John chapter four, four verse one through uh, one and through. First John chapter four verse one. He said, "Beloved," he said, "My sons and daughters, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world." Now, let's make this clearer. See, a false prophet ain't someone that has you thinking that he have to have a white robe on and with a long beard and with the tambourine on his head and do all these, you know what I mean, prophesizing and all that. A false prophet can be the person next to you just continue telling you about things that is not of Christ and be your best friend and be your girlfriend. It can be your husband. It can be your wife. It can be what you've been taught down from generations, huh? That backyard Christianity that we've been taught back in our days. We all have to die, and, 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 and tomorrow's not promised. That's anti-Christ. Beloved, do not believe every spirit. Do you believe that spirit? But test the spirit, whether the spirit is of God. Is of a, it Does God walk around and say, y'all all have to die? Hmm? And Ezekiel 18, 31, he said, I have no pleasure in the death of the one who died. Why will ye die, Christians and believers? Huh? That don't sound like God speaking. If you saying we all have to die, that sounds like another person teaching. That's why the scripture says, test the spirit. Every spirit huh, needs to be tested whether they are of God, whether they are of Christ. Because many false prophets come out there. At one time, I was a false prophet. <laughs> they say confession is good for the heart. Well, today's Sunday. Today's Sunday. I want you to know I was a false prophet. 
and was never ordained to be one, but I was a false prophet out there prophesying, prophesying to people and telling them we all had to die because I heard it from my cousin them, huh? my uncle them, <laughs> my pastor them. Come on. So I was a false prophet just like I was. I'm sure you were too, whether you were a prophetess or a prophet. It don't matter, male or female. You was a false prophet. A false prophetess. Come on, y'all gonna make me get out of there. Because many false prophets have come on, come out into the world. And I was one of them. And I'm not ashamed to say because I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ because it is the power of God. By this you know the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. Now this is heavy because people don't realize what this is saying. It's saying Jesus Christ came in the flesh. Now this portion of this scripture here is talking about when he came through the doors that were shut on the first day of the week after he got up on the third day. When he got up on the third day, watch what happened. Christ began to be somebody in the flesh that looked like Jesus, but it was really Christ in the body of the flesh of Jesus. But it was God's body as the lamb. So when that body was the lamb looking like Jesus, nobody understood when Jesus Christ came in the flesh, it was really the lamb of God in the body that was looking like Jesus, but it was really Christ as God. So if you don't believe that the spirit of God came through the flesh in the doors that were shut, huh? By this, no, we know that every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. Not the one that came through Mary. My mama name was Mary, and I came through the flesh, but I ain't come through the doors that were shut. Not yet, anyway. I didn't come through the doors that were shut like the flesh of Jesus that was in Christ's body and the body of Christ that was in Jesus' body as the Lamb of God. And the Lamb of God came through the doors as God, looking like Christ, but they was calling him Jesus. So if anybody confessed that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, Hey, glory, I got to get out of that. And every spirit that does not confess that, every spirit is ignorant to that. Every spirit does not have the knowledge of that. Huh? That Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. How do we know this here? And John explains it again in 1 John chapter 2, 18. He says, little children. Let me say that again because we got grown folks on the phone. You know, ain't no grown folk want to be called no child. You, who you calling a child? I just knocked you out. Joker called me a child. I'm a grown man. So I'm going to say it like this. Instead of little children, I'm going to say Christians and believers and the saints of God. Hear this, it is the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, and even now many Antichrists have come, by which we know that it is the last hour. So in essence, what we are seeing demonstrated in the war in Israel and the religion hate crimes and the anti-Semitism in the United States and around the world is a picture 
of the Antichrist. People are joining forces with those who are Antichrist and the ones that are joining forces with those who are against those who think they are Antichrist or just as anti as the people they are all going up against. You hear what I'm saying? Let me make sure I'm recording because I want you to realize that God is doing something so powerful. My brothers and sisters, we got to continue to understand that this ministry is about God, not about me, not about you. It's about God. You hear what I'm saying? Because God wants us to be in a place where we understand who God is and he's God all by himself. So I want you to realize that the picture that we are seeing is actually the Antichrist. There's so much Antichrist going on in these religion groups, and I'm not against what all they do, because they do what they do. They got the answer to God. They'll be judged in the last day. They're going to be judged on righteousness. They will be judged on eternal life. But let me tell you something. There's so much Antichrist. People are against what God called call his son to come teach, where it's just amazing, where people don't even know what they teach. It's not of God. The Antichrist is coming. In 1 John 2.18, and even now, many antichrists have come by which we know that it is the last hour. So in essence, what we are seeing demonstrated throughout the world is really antichrist. They try to make it up anti-Semitism, but it's really the antichrist. But the word of God says in the book of Acts 17, for as I was passing through and considering the objects of your workshop. See, this is what God was telling the people of Israel. This was what God was telling the people of Ukraine. This is what God was telling the people of Russia. This is what God is telling the people of the United States. This is what God is telling the people of North Korea, South Korea, Japan around the world. This is what God is saying. I pass through. Huh? And I consider your objects of worship. If you don't know, if God know your worship, you have already lost the place with God that he called you into before you was in your mother's womb. He said, I know the place that your worship, which you've been worshiping. The objects of your worship. I even found, huh, an author with the inscription that states to the unknown God. So many people have an inscription of the unknown God that they're worshiping, that they can't even perceive it because they can't see it because they've never been taught it to see it. See, you don't have to see something to, be, to perceive it. Once you talk what you need to know and understand to perceive it, you already know it's there. You can only remove what you can't see by understanding with your comprehension through the spirit of him and the promise of our father. But through our own little small, tiny little minds that we got, you can't, that's why I said renew the spirit of your mind according to the words of God. 
So God's spirit, like he had to tell a jackass that was sitting on the she-ass, he was sitting on it as a prophet, and the prophet that was sitting on the she-ass became a jackass. God couldn't put him on a jackass because he wouldn't have realized which one was the jackass. But the she-ass that God let him ride on, he began to tell her, girl, you don't know what you're doing. So he slapped the she-ass, and God let him talk to the she-ass, and the she-ass talked to him. He should have felt like a jackass from talking to a she-ass. How in the world is animal talking back to me? Huh? So, so many things people don't even realize that is going on because they call themselves a prophet or a minister or a teacher of the word of God. And if they don't line up, they're anti-Semitism anti of Christ. Not Jerusalem, not New Zealand, not over there in Korea, not in Russia, not in Iran or, or Israel. You are anti-Semitism against God. Don't be a jackass all your life. Don't be a she-ass all your life. I was a jackass before, and I ain't scared to say it. And I know I might lose a few people on this message, but if you ain't reading the Bible, go to Numbers chapter 2, chapter 22, verse 22. It'll tell you about the she-ass and the jackass and the prophet. The she-ass prophet, the she-ass donkey, had more sense than the jackass prophet. And that's what the church is still listening to. All these jackasses teaching the words of God and not even realizing it ain't God's word because it's coming from a jackass. God needs prophets and God needs preachers and God needs ministers and God needs members and God needs people to speak the words of eternal life. When Christ asks for a donkey, when Christ asks for an ass, when Christ asks for a jackass, and Christ asks for a jackass, it was a jackass for him as the king of glory. We supposed to be riding up on top of all this foolishness and not being a jackass or she ass riding under it. I got to get out of that because I ain't gonna have no friend. But I want you to know he says. There's a lot of unknown scriptures out there. There's a lot of unknown gods that people are worshiping. God says, I'm sick and I'm tired of it. You hear what I'm saying? He wants me to let you know. He says, I'm sick and I'm tired of it. He wants me to tell you, God says, I'm sick and tired of all these people worshiping the unknown God. In the inscription. And the sad thing about the inscription, you can't see it. You have to perceive the spirit of God. Just like you have to perceive the enemy, the enemy inscription. But if you're lost and where you're at doing what you've been doing, it's hard to comprehend what you can't perceive. Therefore, the one whom <coughs> you shirk worship without knowing. He says, I will proclaim to you. And this is in Acts 17, verse 24. God who made the world and everything in it, since he is the Lord of the heavens and the earth, does not dwell in temples, with, which is made with hands. Now this is heaven because people don't understand the temple that is made without hands. 
the temple we abide in, the temple we're in is made with hands. So how could God abide in something that is made with hands if we got to walk with, with the thing that we made with hands in? That's interesting. So now you have to go into another dimension in God to get into the place where the body that was made with hands does not exist, although it exists in what you're using it for. But if you don't understand that God doesn't dwell in temples made with hands, you'll thank God in you while you're walking in the flesh. Now, this is heavy because this could be the precise and exact reason we are witnessing all the re all these religious hate crime and anti-Semitism in the United States and in Israel and around the world. Because they are worshiping the unknown God and they are operating from out of the temple that is made with hands. And you cannot please God with a temple that is made with hands. And if we are the temple of God and the spirit of God dwells in us as his temple, this group of people is, this group of people is God's chosen people and they don't go around performing religious hate crimes. The ones who are the temple of God, the ones know that they, they are the tabernacle, of God, the body, even if this one is dissolved, we have another one made from God without the body of the eternal glory of the spirit of God that he created on the sixth day from out of his two sons, the Holy Spirit and Christ. And then he put himself as a 46 chromosome, divided him into a male and a female, 23 chromosome. And he said, hey, look at me now. And I'm finna rest. Because my work is finished. Because I made myself in my own image. My own likeness. High glory. Y'all got to get me out of this. Huh? And this group of people is God's chosen people. That they don't, they don't go around huh, and performing hate crimes. Demonstrating anti-Semitism among God's people. Because if we are the temple of God. That's made without hands. We demonstrate love for the people all over the world. Why? Because God is love. And those who love God must worship God in spirit and in truth. Why? Because God in these last days or in this last hour or in this desperation of time is seeking for those who worship him in spirit and in truth and abide in him and Christ forever. God. These who worship him, the unknown God is worshiping the Antichrist who is a form and a picture of the unknown God. The hatred of the anti-Semitism is manifested through the unknown God. Acts 17, 30 tells us, huh, what we must do if we fall in the category of worshiping the unknown gods and serving the Antichrist. Truly these times of ignorance God overlooked and winked, but now commands all men and commands all women everywhere to repent, even in Israel, in the United States, 
and those who've been involved in religious hate crimes and those who are worshiping the unknown gods and those who are participating in the anti-Semitism and participating in the anti-Christ. They should all repent everywhere, regardless if you are in Israel or in the United States. It doesn't matter. God is commanding us in the last hour to repent. Why? Because he has, because he as our God has appointed a day on which he will judge the world. Okay. In the teaching of Christ. You know that's what he's doing. He's judging the world and the people that lives in it on the teaching of Christ. Out of John 12, 50, he says, and I know my father commanded me to teach eternal life. He's judging the world in this appointed time, huh? Where he's, he taught his son Christ to teach on eternal life, which is the righteousness of God. If he's judging it in righteousness, he's judging it in his eternal glory. Yeah, glory. Huh? By Christ whom he has sent and ordained. God has given us the assurance of Christ to us all. By raising him from the dead. Now, this is heavy to me as well. You got to remember in the Proverbs, I'm always saying this because I want you to realize why eternal life comes from out of the way of righteousness. In Proverbs 12, 28, it says, in the way of righteousness, in the way of God's righteousness is eternal life. <laughs> and in the pathway, there is no death. But the scriptures tells me to teach on return back to God's eternal righteousness. Huh? Let's go to Romans chapter 1. And I told you I'm going to chop this up because I'm going to do some podcasts with this, with these episodes. I got some, some many stuff, a lot of stuff here, but I'm going to chop it up a little bit. And you're going to hear some of it again as I produce the podcasts. I could probably make two, three episodes from out of it. But let's go to Romans chapter 1, verse 17. It says, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also the Greek. The Greek is no more than the Gentiles. God anointed Peter to speak to the Jews. God anointed Paul to speak to the Greeks or the Gentile. But the Greek and the Gentile message was the same, was about eternal life. The power of God to salvation is a very powerful concept. What makes the, the verse powerful is that it indicates that God has power to bring us into salvation. But what's more intriguing than that what it, what God is bringing us into when God what God is bringing us into salvation from and what God is bringing us into salvation for that's more intriguing than understanding that he has the power to give it to us because it's nothing to believe in have God having the power if he created the heavens and the earth but you don't, if you don't understand why he's bringing you into salvation, 
in which salvation is for, it doesn't matter whether you believe it or not. Because most of those with the inscriptions of the unknown God, unknown, unknown God huh, believe that God has the power to create the heavens and the earth, but they don't know what they've been saved for, and they don't know what they've been saved from. So let's see if we can dive right on into it. What is God is bringing us of salvation from and what he's bringing us, huh? Bringing us into salvation for to find out the answer to either of these two questions. We first need to find out what salvation means. Salvation means the preservation or the deliverance from hurt, harm, or death. Huh? Preservation, number two means preservation or deliverance from hurt, harm, huh? being ruined or lost or dying from someone who wants to kill you. There are many Christians and believers think and have been taught all their lifetime that salvation means to be saved from sin and death and then after living a long, fruitful life, having all the material things they can possibly have and possess that brings happiness and a sense of success and enjoyment temporarily for a short period of time because in their mindset or their thought process, life is short and we all have to die and tomorrow is not promised because of their thinking and thought process and from what they have been taught all their lifetime that salvation is that you are saved from sin and death but in the process of time you have to die to go to heaven and be with God. But how can that be possible or true if salvation, in fact, means preservation or deliverance from hurt, harm, or death, or dying and going to heaven? Huh? So if salvation means after God has given us power over the enemy and the last enemy to be destroyed is death, this means that salvation that God has given us through the almighty power or through his almighty power has preserved our life and delivered us from hurt, harm, danger, and death. Now, on the other hand, if you die and you are taken out of the world after Christ in John 17, 15, prayed in the last prayer to God, our father, that he take us not from out of the world, but deliver us from death and the evil one and keep us from hurt, harm and danger. He said that that means salvation as being taught and is it has been taught is the spirit of error. Versus the spirit of truth we found in 1 John chapter 4, verse 6. We just went over that. If Romans 1.16 says that the power of God manifests huh, salvation or the power of God deliver and preserve us from hurt, harm, danger, and death to us who, are, who, who believe, it has to be revealed. So Romans 1.17, as you said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of the power of, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ because it is the power of God, huh? Unto those who believe salvation is given to them. In verse 17, in Romans chapter 1 says, and it teaches us it has to be revealed. For in the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just 
they shall live by faith. Let me remind you in Proverbs 12, 28. In the way of righteousness is eternal life. And there is no death in its path. If the just shall live by faith, for in the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, I wonder what this revealing has to do with God if it's righteousness. In, in the way of righteousness in Romans, in, 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 in Proverbs 12, 28, it's a very powerful message because we're going to get into this righteousness all throughout these series. Because when you understand what you are in right standing with God in, you're going to realize that you have the life of God standing in the presence of God life. Huh? Not because you was too good, holy shoes, and you know you didn't do nothing. Oh, I wouldn't do nothing like that. You know what I mean? I ain't going to no club. I ain't going to go down there. I don't drink no liquor. I ain't drinking no alcohol. I don't smoke no weed. I don't do none of this, and I don't do none of that. I don't even cuss them. I used to be a sailor. I cussed like a sailor because you know something that Peter was able to cuss and saw the glory of God. You know something? Lord, forgive me when I do, but every night then one slipped from out of me. One slip from out of me. But don't count it to my heart. Huh? Don't count it against me because I'm telling you, I'm going to do your will, not my will, but the will of the one who you sent me. You sent me to teach these words. So back to the scriptures. So in the righteousness of God is eternal life. If the way of the righteousness of God is eternal life because part power is derived from out of his spirit. This is heavy. If the way of righteousness is eternal life and in the pathway there is no death. So in the righteousness of God is eternal life because God's powers deliver us or deliver, is delivered from out of or derived from out of God's spirit. See? People think God's power is his spirit. No, the power of God is derived from out of God's spirit. And scriptures teach us in Zechariah 4, 6, it says, This is the word of the Lord of Zerubbabel, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. So if the if the if the power of God is revealed from body to body, it has to be revealed by God's spirit. So in retrospect, and furthermore, God's power reveals his spirit. And God's spirit reveals eternal life. But God's eternal life is revealed from one body of God to another body of God. Because no one, and that's including Jesus as the Lamb of God, who was named Emmanuel, cannot come to God except through Christ. John 14, 6. The body of God and the body of Christ had to be revealed to Jesus in order for Jesus to have eternal life of God and the eternal life of Christ. Let's go to back to Romans 1.17. For in the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. And as it is written, the just shall live yay, by faith. Now, if the eternal life of God is revealed from faith to faith, and, they st and the just shall live by it, 
We have to find out what faith is in order for us to receive the eternal life of God and the eternal life of Christ through the body of Jesus. Oh, we going somewhere. In Hebrews 11, verse 1, it says, Now faith is the substance of things we hope for and the evidence of things not seen. If faith is a substance, and that means it is a real physical matter with uniform properties of which a person or a thing is consists and has tangibility. Or in other words, a substance has an actual body. Now the thing that we are hoping for is actually a glory of body. Come on. Let's cross-reference Hebrews 11.1 1 with Colossians 2.16. Let's go to Colossians 2.16. Colossians chapter 2 verse 16 says, So let no one judge you in food or drink or regarding a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath, which are a shadow of things to come, but the substance is of Christ. In the American Standard Bible, huh, the ASB, look what it says. It says, and the body is of Christ. Y'all hear me? This is heavy. Huh? And the verse 18 in Colossians says, Now let no one cheat you out of your body. That is of Christ. Let no one cheat you out of your substance. That is Christ. Let no one cheat you out of your faith that you have not seen, that you hope for. So if you're hoping for what you've not seen, it has to be a substance. And a substance is a matter. And if a matter is tangible, and the tangible thing is the body, the body of Christ is what you have not seen, that you're hoping for. Tag glory. Don't let no one cheat you out of what you haven't even seen. Come on. Y'all got to get me out of this here. Oh, boy, I got to take a break. Glory be to God. Y'all hear me? So a lot of people being cheated out of their reward. And as you read in two, Colossians 2, 16, 17, 18, 19, it begins to tell you why. Because if they're puffed up in their fleshly mind. Hmm? I'm embarrassed to tell you that most people that are talking and teaching the words of eternal, the which in the word of God is puffed up in their flesh. And I don't care how great you may think they are. And I'm not against them. But they ain't going to teach me what God promised. And let them take that away from me and cheat me out of my reward. So God says, when I first started out in job, when I was looking for one, but he said, boy, I ain't trying to get you no job. The boy named Job. Well, in Job 33, 23, he says, is there any man or woman out there, a messenger, a mediator? Huh? One among a thousand that will teach my people the words of eternal life. Come on. You cannot inherit it. Eternal life without having the substance of God, without having the eternal body of Christ as the substance of our faith. Romans 1, 17 says, 
If the eternal life of God is found in the body of Christ as the substance, which is our faith, and the eternal life of God is revealed from faith to faith, the other faith has to be revealed as well. Mark 11, verse 22 says, Christ said to them, Have faith in God. Huh? So Mark eleven twenty two tells us, have faith in God. In retrospect, it is really saying to us to have the body of God if faith is a substance and the substance is actually a body. But in order for God's body to be revealed to us, we need the body of Christ to, be revealed, to reveal it. Because no woman or no man comes to God unless he come and be revealed through Christ. Christ reveals God's body in John 16, 17, and in John 20, 19, and in Luke 20, 24 to 49. Let's go to John 16 and 7. He says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper and the promise of our Father will not come to you. In a body as the substance we hope for, as our faith, the body of God or the faith of God as a body will not come if I, as Christ, do not depart from you. Christ is now revealing to us the body of God that is revealed from faith to faith as a body. The eternal life of God is revealed from faith to faith. If faith is the substance of Christ, the other faith has to be the substance of God in order for God to reveal the substance as the promise of our Father. John 20 verse 19 reveals it as well. And Christ rose from the dead on the third day. Then the same day at the evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for the fear of the Jews, Christ came and stood in the midst and said, Peace be with you. So this body that came through the doors that was shut is the first body as the substance, which is Christ. Huh? Huh? This is the first body that we have as our faith. And as I said earlier, this is the body of Jesus that is actually Christ, but the body of Christ actually is the Lamb of God. And these two bodies that look like Jesus, but it is the Christ that came through the doors that were shut, is the first substance or is the first faith that we need to have in order for righteousness or the eternal life of God to be given. But if you're still at the cross with Jesus, you could never receive the substance of Christ and the substance of God as the body. So in other words, my brother, you have to leave the cross to get the substance of God. You have to leave the cross to get the substance of Christ. And John 20, 29 explains even farther. Now, this is when he came through the door that was shut on the first day of the week. But they went told Thomas that Thomas didn't believe. He said, Thomas, man, I don't believe all y'all with that. How you come through the door and the door to lock and it's shut? Y'all ain't going to tell me that, boy. And you know where in those days, two or three witnesses are that is among you. And they say the word is true. It has to be true. Thomas said, hey, man, I don't believe that. 
So eight days later, on the first day of the week, guess what Christ did? He said, look, I'll show you something. Hey, Thomas, come here, dude. Come here. Come here, Joker. You like you ain't got no sense. Come here over here. Come here. Touch my hands. Touch my lock. Touch my side. Thomas said, oh, my God. Come on. Man, you came through doors? You came through them doors? That was, man, come on, man. You got to be tripping, man. You are tripping, Christ. You come through the doors? And he didn't believe. But look what the profound thing that Christ said. This is heavy. Because if you don't believe in this body as the substance, you can't believe in him coming through the doors. And this is, see, through the doors is where eternal life came through. Eternal life came through a six-inch door, which was a picture of actually the Spirit of God coming for death. See, death is, see, death stop a door, but death can't stop the spirit that goes through the death door. So Christ explained to Thomas about the first body that is made without hands that came through the doors that were shut. Christ said to Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed, blessed are you. But blessed are those who have not seen the substance of their faith, but hope for the body of Christ that's made without hands, because God don't dwell in temples that are made with hands. But blessed are those who have not seen the body that came through the six-inch doors, and yet yay, the doors were shut, and they still believe and have the faith in God and believe that the body of God and the body of Christ as the substance of their faith. They believe that. This is the first body of the faith of God, eternal righteousness that is revealed from faith to faith in Romans 1 verse 17. But the second of the eternal glory of God is found in Luke 24, 49. Behold, Christ said, I will send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry here in the city of Jerusalem until you are endowed with power from on high. John 1 8 says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit or the promise of our Father come upon you. This is the ultimate body of God that we have inside of us when the righteousness of God or the eternal life of God body and the eternal life of Christ's body, which is revealed from faith to faith, from body to body, from the faith of God or from the body of God, from the faith and the substance of Christ's body, that these two bodies, which is revealed from faith to faith, from out of our eternal body and God's eternal Son, who is Christ, this is the revelation revelation knowledge of God and the revelation knowledge of Christ on eternal life of God, which is revealed from body of the body of God and the body of Christ that makes up us being the temple and the Holy Spirit of God who believes in eternal life. When you don't believe in eternal life, your heart and you think in your mind tomorrow's not promised and life is too short and we all have to die, you have already denied and denounced the power of God, huh? The power of God and his eternal glory that he has given us through his eternal son, Christ, eternal life. You have already denounced the power. It's impossible for you to please God. 
with your faith because you don't know the faith that he said in Hebrews chapter 6 when he, Hebrews chapter 11 6 in that first in the same chapter I was in in chapter 1 when he got to Enoch who believed in the two bodies Christ's body and the body of God he was revealed it and Enoch walked with God for 365 years and he said it is impossible Enoch told us it is impossible to please God without the faith from the body of Christ and the faith of the body of God to have this eternal glory. He or she that comes to God must believe in the body of God. He or she that comes to God must believe in the body of Christ so that the body, that body, he's give you eternal life. Hey, glory. Whoa, glory. The two bodies. But there's a process you got to go through. John 5.39 says, Christ teaches us, if you search the scripture, for in them you think you have eternal life, <coughs> and there are they which testify of Christ. These are they who testify of Christ. I'm going to close right here because I've got some ways to go, and I don't want to overdo it. But I'm going to use this one as my first podcast after I listen to it. But I want you to know, the scripture says, if you search the scripture. You know, I went to church all my life, my brothers and sisters out there. And no one never really taught me about this scripture here. If you search the scriptures for in them, you think you have eternal life. And these are they which testify of Christ. Excuse me. You know, when I was coming up as a little boy and through the ministry, and even now you can hear, a lot of people talk about Jesus. A lot of people know that Jesus is the Christ. But a lot of people don't know how to explain Jesus being separated from the Christ, becoming Christ Jesus. In the word, I'm going to get to it in the next episode, he says, if you confess with your mouth in Romans 10, 9, and believe in your heart, the Lord Jesus, Huh? that God raised them from the dead, you shall be saved. I'm finna get, it's gonna be so heavy. This is just an introduction, really. I've been trying to get out of this part for the longest, but there is so much of meat and potatoes to come from this message. We got to get into, and the just shall live by faith. And I give you an intro on what's gonna be next in the next few uh, episodes. It says, if in the righteousness of God. It says that in the eternal life of God, that it is revealed from faith to faith. The eternal life of God is revealed from body to body, from the body of God to the body of Christ. It is revealed. And then it goes to say in the B clause, and the just shall live by faith. So if you have the body of God and the body of Christ, the eternal body of God and the eternal body of Christ, you need the body of Jesus in order to fulfill the fullness of the Godhead in order to get the eternal glory that Jesus' body received. This is so heavy. 
And I'm telling you, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, it tells you, in 10, 11, and 12, it tells you that until we operate in the, we are carrying about in our body death. Huh? Through the dying of our Lord Jesus. That the Lord Jesus, who was raised from the dead body, may be manifested in our mortal body to receive eternal life in that body. Oh, man, this stuff is heavy. So we're going to get into that, and I'm going to make that my conclusion. Because we still got in the B clause to deal with. We just revealed the two bodies from faith to faith. Now we got to reveal the third body, which is the Lord Jesus. If we should live by the Lord Jesus' faith, we should we have manifestation of God's glory in his body. Because when God raised and gave it a seed, it ain't the same seed that they put in the ground from 1 Corinthians 15, 38, and 39. God give it a seed as he pleased. So the seed that came through the door that was shut wasn't the same seed that was laying on the ground or hung on the cross or the Lamb of God. Because the Lamb of God become the seed because God always was the Lamb and named it Jesus to be the seed to raise us. Every seed that God makes is produced after its kind. So the seed that was the lamb was always God, but God named that seed Jesus or Emmanuel. And when that seed died, say glory, when it came up, he named that seed to be what he wanted to be. And he gave it a seed as he pleases. And every seed is produced after its kind. So the body that is laying on the seed, the body that was laying dead, had to be produced after the seed that was faith to faith, which was the seed of God and the seed of Christ. So when it produced out of the body that came through the doors that were shut, God couldn't bring a dead body into his seed. That seed had to be the same seed as the seed he produced it before it became Jesus. See, the word had flesh before the flesh became the word. So the body of Jesus had flesh before it was the flesh of Jesus because it was the flesh of the Holy Spirit that God created on the sixth day. Yeah, I got to get out of that, man. I thought you said you was closing, Pastor D. I thought I was too. Come on. I just an intro, man. Oh, boy, this is beautiful to me. I pray that the ministry continue to grow and do that what God calls us to do. We love you all. And may God continue to open up the doors and the windows of heaven. And let the Lord bless us forever. This is a powerful ministry, Lord. And we are going somewhere. 2024, I declare, we may be asking for a couple of days of fasting at the end of, by the end of the year. Going into the end of the year. So just get your minds right and ready. If God give me the, give me the announcement to make, do a couple of days fasting, 72 hours, Seven days, whatever he asks. But I want you to know 
Breakthroughs are here. Resources are here. The Word of God is manifesting itself. It is here. So continue to be who you are as God created you in His image. This is Pastor D. Washington coming to you live from out of Atlanta, Georgia. We love you and may God continue to bless you and your family forever.